0: Alright everybody, welcome, this is Albert Campo with Cantina MX Podcast Once again, 235 episodes down Starting another podcast on a Thursday night here with Jaime How's it going, Jaime? <laughs> Whoa!
1: What's up, everybody?
0: <laughs> Who is that, Len-
1: Lencho? Uh, that's Are you Mencho, Lencho, man I, I wanted to... Uh... That was my intro. <laughs>
0: what was that? What was that dude, man? Is that some uh, narco or whatever?
1: He's uh, the biggest narco that people don't know about. He's the guy in the mountains controlling everything now? Ever since uh, Chapo got caught, and mm. uh, he somebody recorded him uh, with a conversation with like the army, and he was basically telling them to back down, and they did. Yeah, so, that dude, was that I just thought it was scared. Was, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: poor guy was like, uh, I heard the clip. He was talking to him and the guy was like acting all scared and stuff. Sorry, sorry, whatever.
1: Yes, sir. Okay, sir. But I just sure. imagine, imagine picking up the phone. Imagine picking up the phone and it's that guy. Oh my God. That's like the worst.
0: Well, imagine. Okay. I've, I've known people who would pick up the phone. And it would be an article trying to shake him down. So that happens. Like, you can know people that happen to that. And usually they just hang up. And he mentioned, he said, don't hang up, dude. But, yeah, that's that's intense. That's scary.
1: (laughs) All right. So...
0: So what's uh what's on the what's on the agenda for today? We got a few topics here. We got some uh, Liga MX uh, league play to restart, but then not to restart, and then Santos Laguna comes in, causes some uh, drama and some conspiracy theory stuff. What's uh what's going on?
1: Just when you thought, okay, we might. We might get Liga Mekis back. Santos says, uh ah, not so fast. Eight of our players got the Rona.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the and then the uh it was sort of ridiculous, then the what do you call it? Conspiracy theories. Like saying that Santos didn't want to start. They're like hey it just happened to ha- uh to to release the uh their cases And at the time, Liga MX was starting to talk about restarting. Coincidentally. Uh, But I don't don't, don't buy all that conspiracy stuff that Santos doesn't want to start. and
1: All this. Uh. Well, it's interesting because... Everybody was giving La Chofi's shit for going to a party. And his girlfriend basically recorded him... And, uh, you know, it basically showed that he wasn't wearing a mask. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody was adhering to, like, the social distancing. And he got a lot of shit this week for for doing that. And then Jonathan Orozco, who is a, you know, goalkeeper for Santos, celebrated his birthday. And it was the same thing, you know? It was like nobody was really adhering to the rules. Everybody was having fun. Like, it's like a normal day. And you know, obviously, with the news of Santos having eight of their players exposed and caught with the Rona, it it makes you wonder. Hey, like, have you guys been responsible? Like, have you guys been actually, like, getting a hold of your players? Because it seems like they basically told everybody to to work from home, and instead they're just partying time.
0: Yeah, so. Lack of education. I got the picture of uh, <laughs> Horosko out there with, like, a a band at the party and his birthday party. He had a fun old time. But, yeah, that's just the way, like, players are, are going to do, man. Some players are going to do that stuff, and, and who knows if that was the cause and all that. I think there were some other instances of other players also. Uh, Bet. But, yeah, so eight of them, and I think 22 tests came back so far and they're waiting for more tests to come. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, that probably puts into doubt the,
1: uh, I mean with Chivas, they've been very, very transparent, uh, about what they've been doing. Like they have a bunch of videos and photos of everybody getting tested as soon as they, they get into the, the, the facility and, um, You know, it just looks like they've been super thorough. And there was even a proposition about hosting the games in Guadalajara between Estadio Jalisco and Estadio Akron, and just have it in one remote area. Because I think Guadalajara has been one of the cities that have had the least amount of cases. So they were saying like, oh, you know, instead of everybody traveling everywhere, let's finish up the season and, and we can do all the games here. Yeah, but obviously, with this new news, it's it sounds like the season is gonna be canceled.
0: Yeah, so sort of like we uh, we said last time, like I'm down to scrap it, scrap the league, start over in Apertura. Uh,
1: the femenil league has has already been canceled they already announced it so the men should follow suit
0: yeah so they're they're ahead of the
1: ahead of the curve and uh Azul fans everywhere are gonna be like we almost had you
0: (laughs) that's uh yeah that's sort of just like the movie, that's sort of laughable. Like, okay, they're in first place with however many, and there's plenty of time for them to fail. Like, even if they were in first place, okay, say they were in Liguilla and this start and this came and like put a pause to the season, they could have been in like cuartos and like semi semifinals, and I would have been like, I don't. There's no guarantee. They could have been in the <laughs> final.
1: They been all the way to the <laughs> final, and I would still be like, they're gonna lose. <laughs> they're gonna lose. Like, you're not. You're not winning no trophy, dude. They could be in the final against, like, Veracruz, and I would still give Veracruz the money, but I'd be <laughs> like, you know what, they'll find a way to wait. Yeah, dude. They'll find a way... Well, well actually, let me, let me uh, backtrack. Cruz Azul will find a way to fuck this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cruz Azul will... Uh, they
1: that need wrong. to put that word in the dictionary. Cruz Azular.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's...
1: I, I don't know if you know this but uh in Spain they're trying to uh make remontada like uh in the dictionary they're trying to put it in the dictionary after Barcelona lost against uh Liverpool last year. Oh yeah. It, remontada. So if they if they do that with with Spain they should do that with Cruz Azul. Be funny.
0: Yeah, there you go. Cruz Zuliar. It's a legit word. So, yeah, that's our hopes for any type of soccer. We got Bundesliga. And I don't, like, I want to see details. I want to see transparency on what exactly they're doing. Uh, you brought up a link to the Costa Rica, the Costa Rican Costa, league.
1: Costa Rica is the first league in the CONCACAF region to restart their season and uh behind closed doors yeah they're doing closed doors they're making the players put on their uniforms at home they're not letting people carpool uh what else are they doing
0: this is ridiculous stuff though like check this out okay carpooling if they go on a bus they have to travel the same day as the game i think and uh, when they go on the bus, only one person per row on the team. So they're separating themselves from the uh, from the bus. What else? Let me see what they have.
1: Yeah, are making sure that everybody has their own labeled water bottle. Yeah. They're not allowed to greet each other. They're not allowed to spit. They're not allowed to celebrate goals in a group. <laughs> uh, no one over the age of 60 is allowed to be at the game they're not even letting like reporters and photographers in the in the stadium
0: yeah they're very minimal like they're cutting down even the the amount of staff coaching uh people even coaching some of these things are good like coaches over uh 60 they're trying to keep out um like separating the players that's some of this stuff is sort of dumb because when they get on this when they get on the uh, on the court or on the, on the court when they get on when they get on the field they're not they're going to be bumping into each other right. you know yeah. doing all kinds of stuff so it's just useless they have to do all, yeah it doesn't say anything about test i think okay there won't be mass testing of the players um because the government doesn't say that should happen or doesn't say it has to happen Uh, that's where it's got to be. Like you have to test every single person that's getting involved in this. And once they're all good, then, uh, then they're playing like, like Mexico's doing. So if somebody like, I wouldn't doubt with this whole coronavirus thing, like if they don't do good testing, one player could possibly get it and spread it to some other people. And you know, they could keep on playing, you know, they might have the sniffles while they play a game and then they'll get over it. I could see that very much happening. You know, these are young, tough guys. You know, they're, they're athletes. Yeah, they're healthy. Yeah. So, so they could, they could be playing like with, like the flu game, man, like plenty, like the COVID oh, yeah. game, the COVID-19 game multiple COVID games 19 game. like the whole team could be COVID-19 games and that you know they're sort of like fatigued a little bit they lose the game and stuff but then the next week they're you know they're good to go <laughs> and nobody knows anything about it because they're not testing but once they test then this stuff is like oh eight players from Santos gets uh has COVID-19 we got to stop all we got to stop everything Man, that's crazy though yeah
1: and you know the 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 president is being a little bit arrogant of Costa Rica because yo it's a it's a population of five million. Okay, that's like, that's a that's a town in California. Five million. Like, like it's 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 uh it's such a small country, and it's a very small league. There's only 12 teams in the league, so it's no surprise that uh that this league is restarted, because they're they're such a small group, and it's a, and I guess they're, letting the top four teams, into the playoffs. And if the first place finisher doesn't win the playoff, they're still they still get an extra incentive for the regular se- season. Performance. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's nice that Costa Rica is is back in and kicking it. But who's watching that league? I was watching uh, some of the highlights of the Bundesliga and pulled it last week. You know, keep your eye on Holland. He was the first player to score, and uh, that kid has just you know he's picked up where he left off but it was really funny because there was like a photo that went viral and it was a photo of the bench and it was all these players and they were like six feet apart but Mm -hmm. then the next photo is like a corner kick and all the players are like hugging each other and you know it's (laughs) like i don't know man i feel like it's kind of like hypocritical or controversial or or like a hyperbole it's like we can go to a grocery store, and and you know basically be in the thick of it. But when it comes to like organized sports and you know these athletes that are, like you mentioned, like incredible shape and healthy, like they're not a- allowed to play on. I think it's like yo, just let these guys play. Like they'll they'll be fine. They should be
0: considered a uh, like okay, so they should be considered a household like the the regulations or the the things that we hear here is okay, if you live in the same house like your spouse, you don't have to you you're together. The team needs to be together the yeah. whole the whole six feet apart on the bench is just for appearances it's just for like to show okay look we, we we need to do separation, but they're in a team they 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 are going to be playing very close to each other they're going to probably be touching each other on the field uh the 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 opposing team definitely. It's a game of physical contact, so there is no separation. the whole league should be like a whole household and everyone should be tested and then once that's once you're clear, you can you're together you can be together. I guess the UFC sort of did it also they have separate rooms for you know for fighters to work out and stuff where before they would like share rooms um but but they're all together man it's they're all gonna like have physical contact with each other at, you know during the game at some point so all of the separation doesn't make any if sense. If
1: anything, it's safer for them to just be like in a concentration camp, you know? Yeah, kind of exactly. like when like when Mexico, I remember when Mexico uh what did they do? Like 60 days before the World Cup, they just pulled all the players like way prematurely and they were just in a concentration camp. Like they should just do that with all the teams, you know? They're yeah. going to be able to control all control everything a lot easier. And you won't have situations like what happened with La Chofis or what happened with Jonathan Orozco, where they're just, you know, not following the rules and partying. You know, they're much, they wouldn't have been in these situations if they would have just, you know, had their own concentration camps for each club. And then they can just finish off the season or whatever, do something.
0: Yeah, that's, I agree. Like they should be totally yeah. isolated, totally and that that would keep things safe. Um, I was telling you guys on the chat that uh, my wife and daughter were at, and people don't even know, this is like an example my wife and daughter were at Ross and everyone was told to be six feet apart and they told them to be six feet apart, even though they're in the same family. So people don't even know why they're saying, uh, you know, why they have these policies in the first place they are not using common sense. And then we, we know here about, you know, that first people were saying masks don't work. And then all of a sudden masks do work and then all this stuff. And, and people don't know what what's going on, so these guys, you know, need to use some common sense. But the six feet apart on the bench—that's just for appearances. A lot of this stuff is just for appearances. Uh, I like how Costa Rica, though. They say through they're a country of education, a country of uh, uh, like good health care and so, a lot of stuff that you know they're you know they're trying to boast their. Uh, and that's the same thing that. Uh, that Germany did with Bundesliga. They're boasting their, their processes. And one thing they said that they shut down the borders, like immediately they shut down, they closed down the whole country. And that's one way to do it, I guess, because it's a small country like Costa Rica. Yeah. Who, you know, it's not a, it's not a hot spot to go travel to like New York city is and things like that. There's some nice places in Costa Rica though. There's probably some cool vacation spots.
1: A oh. lot of Americans like going to Costa Rica. <laughs>
0: yeah. So they shut those dudes down. Like, we don't want no American bringing in that stuff. So that, that's probably, like, something that helped them out. Because their numbers it's are funny. really small.
1: I, <laughs> I actually got a friend who was traveling in Argentina when this all went down. And he got kicked out of his Airbnb. And he's still stuck in Argentina. Like, he was basically living on the streets for, like, a week until he found someone that was oh, willing shoot. to, like... yeah. Cause they literally, like in Argentina, they weren't messing around, man. They were like, anyone that's not from this country is like needs to like, get out. And like, if you're in like an Airbnb or hotel, like we're not gonna like, you're gonna have to like leave immediately. So yeah, he's still out there in in Argentina, man. Like other countries are taking this like way more serious. Wait, but and, he's he's uh,
0: from the U.S.
1: Yeah, he's from the states. Okay, <laughs> he's See, still over there.
0: <laughs> that don't make sense either, though, man. Like, okay, so you don't want inbound. You don't want inbound traffic. Outbound, that's good, man. Get out of here. So unless the United States is, and this is what's happened in a lot of South America, like say Argentina or say Costa Rica closes down their borders. If you're a Costa Rican in Argentina, you're not getting back to Costa Rica (laughs) because they're closing down their stuff. But like an American, yeah. Or like if you're in Brazil and you want to go back to Mexico, and Mexico's blocking stuff off, then you're not going back to Mexico or you want to go back. You know, it just depends on who's, who's closing down stuff. But if people are closing down outbound stuff, I don't get that at all. Like if you're, if you're, well, yeah. I mean, if you're outbound, you know, get out. If you have it, you know, get out you're not infecting anyone else here. That's good for the country. But yeah, there's, there's some, I know a lot of people in all places in the, south america particularly from mexico and coming back to mexico was not the quickest it's sort of like what you're talking about with your friend they were stuck in brazil argentina and uh, peru several countries for quite a while
1: they're they're basically closed i mean they're not doing flights like my parents just got back to the states almost two weeks ago and it wasn't easy like the airport uh like they kept canceling their flights because there wasn't enough travelers that so it it took it was it was very difficult for them to come back uh, but uh yeah it's it's a very interesting in the Bundesliga they uh disclosed the views like how many people actually tuned in and they were not impressive uh at least on on Fox cuz the games were mainly on Fox they were getting two, maybe three hundred thousand view uh, uh views. And um I mean it's not competing with anything else. So kinda yeah. disappointing. Liga Mekis gets about a million views uh wow. every every weekend. And that's just like one game. Yeah. So um I think they just did a terrible job. Like I, I didn't see any advertisement or, for, for Bundesliga, returning.
0: Yeah, neither did I. I didn't. I, didn't I mean, it I didn't watch it stuff, but
1: uh. Yeah, I didn't watch it. The interesting factor, though, is, uh, to the end, they actually showed a few Bundesliga games, and the, you know, Univision like, had a lot, lar- a lot larger reception. They got uh, I think like 500,000 views. So mm. goes to show that like we like the, the majority is, is, is the, the Latin Latin X crowd, you know, for hungry for football. <laughs> Latinx,
0: the Latinx crowd really, you know, that's what, we, <laughs> that's what we've been, that's what we've been talking about for a while, man. I wish I was on it. Like, uh, and uh, it'd be another, uh, moment to prove me myself right and then and to the end is in spanish right so if you're watching to the end you speak spanish uh whereas a pocho yeah. who doesn't speak spanish is most likely you know sitting there watching black mirror or something on netflix um so yeah the yeah. spanish the spanish-speaking mexican or latinx guy <laughs> would be watching to the n and be what watching like uh, bundesliga or whatever the american not so much a small majority yeah. of american uh, english speaking dude who played soccer in high school or some traveling team paid to play or whatever that guy might be watching it but yeah it's not the it's not the driving force
1: so, I think another another thing that goes into this is uh you have to pay to watch this stuff and um Unimas is a cable is a is a channel that you can get over the air with an antenna and I think they did show one game on on UniMass. So I maybe that also has to factor into like the total amount of views. Um you know not not having to pay to, to watch these these games. And that's one of the reasons why I was actually excited when Univision got the Champions League rights cuz I mean you were watching like half of those games just over the air for free. Which is kind of awesome, but it'll be interesting to see what happens because ESPN Plus, starting in twenty twenty one, is going to take over the Bundesliga uh, television rights, and it'll probably those numbers will probably get worse because ESPN Plus has not been performing well.
0: Yeah, I got I got ESPN Plus just cause, just for UFC. Exactly. But yeah, it's
1: not. Yeah. A- and that was a possible destination for Chivas cuz Chivas still don't have a, a TV contract in the in the states and they really don't know who's going to pick them up yet
0: yeah that'd be that'd be interesting Chivas needs a home so yeah. as, as far as uh, so yeah like so the corona Dominating things, uh, Saprisa or uh, Costa Rica is back in it. Liga MX. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, Santos sort of ruining things. E Liga MX. No one cares. Uh,
1: what else? there is- uh, it's funny because Chivas are actually doing really good in the E Liga. Uh, Beltran has been ever since like that first game that he got like destroyed. Like he came back and he's he's been on a hot streak, but. Nobody's watching this shit, man. (laughs) Yeah. I did see an interesting story about Sevilla trying to expand into Mexico the same way Atletico Madrid did with uh, Atletico San Luis. They're interested in, in acquiring Veracruz. Your thoughts?
0: I love me some Veracruz, man. They need. They need to be back in it. Um, this would be a. This would be a. Uh, an article to discuss with Joel, since he brought up that they want some of that U.S. MLS market that Liga MX is getting itself into. They want that money. So Spain, are they really that informed on the whole United States Mexico alliance? That they're going to be like, hey man. MLS is booming in the United States, Mexico. The Mexicans in, in the United States are hungry for their culture that they left behind. They want to watch some Liga MX play MLS. It's going to explode in the in the U.S. And so I want some of that. I want some of that money. That's what Howell's point of view would be, and I don't know if that's true.
1: It might be true. I think, obviously, Mexico has a long relationship with Spain. We were, you know, colony of theirs for a long time. And there have been more and more players that are playing in, in La Liga from Mexico. I think there are more teams starting to, to realize that there's a lot of talent in Mexico, you know, Linus going to Betis. And they're realizing that, you know, instead of paying the amount of money that they're paying for these Mexican players, they can just form like an alliance, and you know maybe loan these players out to Spain, and uh, get them at a fraction of the price, and also help Mexico export more talent to to Europe. I think it's a smart thing. I think Spain is starting to realize that there definitely is a huge, huge return on your investment when buying Mexican players because of the following. I mean, look at Wolves. Wolves, their they're following on Twitter, their following on social media is ridiculous compared to how it used to be just because of one player. And a lot of smart clubs in Europe are starting to realize the, the marketing power behind Mexicans. We just have a huge following, man. I mean, Leverkusen is still on on our nuts like they still mm-hmm. on Twitter they'll still post highlights of Chicharito you know just because they they still have uh you know people that follow them because of of Javier Hernandez so they know that there's a market out there they're just not willing to pay the 10 15 million euros uh that these these players are, are costing them so they're just trying to they're trying to like you know plant seeds and 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 bear our fruit before that i guess
0: yeah i'm reading the article this guy says he's really ambitious so that that's a telling sign for for the owner here um he has a club or academies i'm sorry in new york new jersey and miami so he's looking at i guess he's looking at the u.s and these particular like south american central american mexican strongholds in uh I guess not so much Mexican, but still there's lots of Mexicans in New York and New Jersey and then Miami as well, but that's the central South American locations. And so, yeah, I guess they're, they're looking for, you know, he is definitely ambitious. So if he gets something in Mexico, that could be, uh, that could be interesting. Like you're saying, getting some players, getting some good level of, uh, Mexican talent. But I think the more so the, uh, the fandom, man. Fans are like super fanatics of for, uh, especially the stars. Like you said, Chicharito going to Leverkusen.
1: Uh, I see, there was a there was a team in the second division that had ties with Mexico with Pachuca. I I could be wrong though.
0: In the Spanish the second division,
1: yeah. Hmm. I don't know if they're in the. I remember there was a team. Because uh, they're, you know, it's not just uh, it's not just Atleti. There, there's another team that that started to do it too. So I don't know, man. I I just think it's pretty cool. Uh, there definitely needs to be more more mexican players in europe and i'm not against getting some foreign investors to to help that happen
0: yeah i think with a lot of things when you talk about ambition i think i think primarily in money they want money so they want the mexican fanboys over here like we see it on twitter we see it amongst our peers here on twitter They want to buy those jerseys, man. They want to buy the Raul Jimenez jersey for whatever club he's at. They want to buy... Like if Chucky Lozano goes, they're going to go buy that jersey. And that's going to be money in their pockets and all kinds of stuff. That's what they... The promotion of their... Like Sevilla. Imagine if Sevilla just becomes a huge league for Mexican, A huge uh, team for Mexicans. Like all these Mexicans want to watch Sevilla. I'm sure...
1: Yeah. I'm sure they got a a little spurt just in the what six months that chicharito was there they they probably noticed a huge huge amount of i guess uh the spike in in views and followers and all that stuff and their social media presence because i mean i know Betis man i love Betis because they just ran with it bro like they're <laughs> You know, they, they they even upload like Mexican memes when they when they announce like the lineups and stuff. <laughs> like, like Betis is all about it, bro. I need to follow him. I'm probably not following them. And both both of those both of those clubs are from Sevilla, obviously. So they they're just they're just catching on. They they're starting to realize that. Uh and it would be nice to see uh, a club like Veracruz, you know, come back to life. I think they've already announced that they're going to be joining that independent league in the second division like they're they're trying to you know there's like six six clubs already that have joined that independent second division league in in mexico
0: oh yeah the club Veracruzano cruzano the football tiburon uh yeah liga de balompié mexicano <laughs> it's starting yeah. in september i didn't even know about that that's that, that, that'll be interesting let's see what's going on with those dudes Like two, two leagues in in Mexico. Okay. We'll see what's up with that.
1: It's going to be like, uh, back in the day when they did AFL versus NFL, they just started their own, their own league.
0: Yeah. Let's go for it. Like the more, the more competition and the more opportunities players get to play like like Joel and them would talk about uh, MLS being, you know, if you're not starting in a league MX team as a Mexican because some foreigner or whatever, then your chances in in MLS, that's where you got to go and highlight your skills and give opportunities to young Mexican in MLS. And so this league is great, man. This will give opportunities to other young Mexicans to join this league and, and spotlight their talent and maybe, you know, get onto the national team unless it's like full of foreigners as well. We see the second division, the Ascenso, is full of foreigners sometimes. It just
1: It's full of players that were on those under-17, under-20 Mexican national teams. Yeah. And just, you know, maybe got debuted in the first division just to get their minutes to, you know, adhere to, like, the... What was it? What was that one rule? The where they had to, where each club had to have a certain amount of players under twenty. It was like a rule that they had. It's like oh, if every club has to hit a certain amount of minutes. Yeah, that for, was the. 10 Ten twenty or something. The uh, some rule. Twenty. The twenty rule. 10, so 20, I, I think like a lot of those players were just discarded after you know they hit their quota, and struggle staying on the on the first team and then they you know either they either go you see a lot of these players have the same type of uh, career path like they go to like costa rica or honduras or something or they just end up playing in the second division in mexico yeah it's crazy man we got players playing in like uh like Ulises d'avila he's playing in new zealand One of the top goal scorers of the uh, Australian league. I don't, I think in New Zealand they're they're back to normal. They're like they're they're everyone everything's back to normal, like all the schools are back. So we might see uh, a a Mexican abroad play soon.
0: Yeah, that. That will excite some people.
1: We got any uh, any YouTubers on the on the comments?
0: Yeah, we got Luis. He says uh, saludos. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to see, does it make a sound? If a good Euro club has no fans, is it even a good Euro club? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. mm.
0: Like Sevilla, man. It, this isn't the days of like. Remember when Torrado played with Sevilla there was some, there was some following. Like I followed We're I was like, it was similar to like Mexicans abroad. I think back in the day, there was this Azteca, there's this website called Aztecas, Embajadores Aztecas or something like that. And they would do all the following Mexicans abroad and stuff. And, uh, that was when Torrado was back there playing in Sevilla. And, uh, but the following is not the same as it was as it is now man back then it was like sort of weak now the following is just huge man if someone goes like raul or Chicharita, whoever's in 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 Europe playing for whatever team people are following and watching that team man people want to know what's going on with that team so
1: funny that you mentioned uh that uh guerreros aztecas
0: Embajadores Aztecas, I think it was called. Because uh, uh, there's
1: a YouTube channel I follow, and they are called Guerreros Aztecas, and it's, uh, I think the main, I, his name's B or something. He, he's in, he's, he's from Spain, but every week he always updates everybody on, you know, all the players and stuff that are that are abroad, and uh, he he was. He was in Napoli when Chucky was there. He like, interviewed Chucky and stuff. He's been doing it for a long time. But uh, he's, he's based out of Spain. But, I mean, Sevilla, are, they're a big club now. I mean, if you were to, like, you know, w- they're, they're a huge club. Like, they've won the Europa League a few times. They, they definitely have a lot of respect in Europe uh compared to like other other teams in Spain. Um It's a great club. I mean, it's a great club to to play for. And uh I was really disappointed that Chicharito really just fell out of favor or just never really fit in. Like he scored a goal from a free kick and and that was that, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this website's still here, man. Oh, wait, this is org. This is like What is this? Women's League or something? Oh, Embajadoras, okay So they have like the women that are playing All over the place República Checa, España uh, Let's see, España Yeah, Charlene Corral They have her um, Let's see what they have Like in America for yeah, they have a list of every single player and where they're playing at. So like name a country, man. Uh Republica Dominicana. Albert Benaigas. <laughs> it's a guy. He's out there. Uh Nicaragua. Eder Mondragon. Playing What's the in Nicaragua. Embajadores this is like, this website's sort of like, it's an HTML, man. This is like some old school website. I don't even know if it's being kept up. Like, I got to see what, this is the one from back in the day, but they have, oh wait, MLS. Yeah, it is being kept up because it has Carlos, Carlos Vela and Estados Unidos MLS. Man, there's a ton of, Brandon Vasquez, R- Richard Sanchez, Hector Jimenez, Victor Lua, all these people playing in MLS. NASL, Jaime, Sa- Jaime Chavez, USL, Uriel Macias, all these players, man. These dudes keep track of everything. Virgin I Islands.
1: That's crazy, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, these guys were like, back in the day, I think in Big Soccer, they they had a, they were on there. And they would always, this would be like the go-to place for, for seeing like um, uh, Mexicans abroad. And then let's see Europe. Oh, the Europe list is huge also because they go into like third division, juveniles, cadete. Infantil? What is this, man? Anibal Surdo Ma- Macarón. Infanti- infantil. Yeah, there, was,
1: there was a ton of players playing in uh Bain. Uh, Sehu Chapas. Remember that guy? He played for Pumas, right? I don't remember. Sehu Chapas, yeah. He played for Pumas. Yeah, oh. dude, they're all playing for Salamanca. <laughs> they're like a team in like the second or third division of Spain.
0: Oh shoot. Let's See what else.
1: I'm telling you, bro, they all had the same freaking uh the same career path, bro. All these players that uh, all these players that uh played for the youth Cristian Alvarez, Chato Enrique, Chap uh, Enriquez. You know, this guy got a gold gold medal in in, uh, in the Olympics. There's like four or five players playing for for Salamanca. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) This website's hilarious. Mm. Yeah, they got some latest stuff. They got some 2020... Mm. A little bit of 2020 action going on here.
1: I was uh, I was on Twitter the other day and got into this conversation with, with some people that I just feel just aren't very savvy when it comes to, like, uh, like Mexican football and stuff because this guy was saying, oh, you know, we got to worry about the U.S. They got way more players playing in Europe and, and watch out for Canada because they got players that are playing in Europe and I can see these players, like, you know, playing for a top club in Mexico, they're like going backwards and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, yo man, like I don't really pay attention to like our rivals. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of group of people that always keep tabs on what the men's national team is doing in the U S and, and dude, who cares, man? Like, Oh, Pulisic and is better than in Chucky and Chucky needs to watch out. It's like when it comes to like the actual <laughs> games and, it's like yo, we've been on top for so long and that's not going to change man. Like th- these games are always going to be competitive and and yeah, I do want more players in Europe, but it's so much easier for an American to get a, a work permit in England for example. A lot of these players that are playing for the national team or, you know, they have parents that are like from Germany or, you know, they're from all these they have European ties. And it's just like and even then it's like when it goes... Like, at the end of the day, when we actually play against... Play against, like, Canada, like, these games aren't even close, man. So I don't even know why they're tripping.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like an old-school mentality, man. That mentality was from, like, 2002 and stuff. Luis is, like, laughing over here, saying, when you mentioned Canada <laughs> on the chat, he's like, Canada? What the... But, yeah, cause, okay, so Canada... Man, that, that's like insignificant country in, in the world of soccer. Like you might have one or two players like pop up like, oh, they're really good. But like the whole team, man, they're, they're nothing. So the United States is in sort of the same spot. Like I feel like the United States needs to go back in time to where they have uh, Bruce Arena's attitude or, or gameplay where they're bunkering and they're all like in a tight unit controlling the defense and they hit the counter like on you like that was mexico's kryptonite man they'd frustrate them they hit the counter on them late you know they play horrible like mexico would be doing tiki taka on them all day and then and that like 10 minutes left they'll hit the counter on mexico thinking that you know they're pushing all their lines forward mexico is and all of a sudden you know what's what's his name just like or the U.S. counters with speed and, and and beats them. That's the only way U.S. is going to do anything. Yeah. They're not going to. They're not going to have a whole ton of talented, ball skilled, you know, on you know, ball at the feet, skilled type of players to compete with like a Mexico and and the depth of Mexico. So that's that's just like ridiculous, man. And I mean, I w- I'll admit, though, I'll admit, I, I could say right now, I'll and I don't care about saying Pulisic is probably better than Chuki. <laughs> Chucky's sort of like one dimension, sort of like one or two dimensional. Pulisic sort of has like the whole, the whole type of package, man. Uh, chuki has got speed. That's, you know, shut down his speed. Pulisic's got good ball control, good movement, good vision. Um, so that argument, but that's not going to mean anything. Pulisic's just one dude. What's he going
1: to do? The craziest thing, though, and kind of just to give people perspective, Pulisic is probably the most talented player on the men's national team right now. And that's not the case for Chucky Lozano. He's not our best player. He's probably like, yeah. maybe like third or fourth. But I mean, Rojimenez is, you know, he's he's one of the best players on the team right now. You have, uh, you know, incredible midfielder. I mean, we have so many other players before we put you know Chucky's not our number one player and well, ch- you know it's just uh, it's just the reality of it
0: yeah with with Chicharito going to MLS you know Chucky might have like more of a solidification in yeah. the lineup but uh but yeah I remember like uh what would it be ch- uh, Chicharito in the middle then Raul maybe on one of the wings and then Tecatito yeah, on the other and then and then Tecatito. Chucky would be, yeah mm-hmm. and then Chucky would be on the bench but with uh with yeah. Chicharito sort of being on the you know, in the MLS. Maybe Raul goes back to the middle and then and then Chucky and Tecatito are, are on the wings. Uh, funny comment yeah. here. <laughs> funny comment from Luis. And I didn't know this this is interesting though. He says Michael Jordan's documentary generated as many T V ratings as an entire MLS season. And uh, and he says NBA isn't even their you top can, sport.
1: You could probably say that about a lot of stuff. I mean that documentary you know, you can, it, it probably tops out all of stuff.
0: Yeah. So like MLS, man, if you're going to talk MLS and,
1: you know, I like mean, the MLS probably... is like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's poker and bowling gets more views than MLS. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not much of a, of a number to, to beat, you know, if you're going to raise uh, the bar.
0: Yeah, that's messed up.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you take away well you take away like uh okay, so MLS has to be on Thudna, dude. So you take away like like you put a wall or whatever like hundreds of years ago, where no Mexicans are in the United States. There is no Through the any, there is no MLS viewership, man. If there wasn't for like Mexicans or or Hispanic people that have like sort of some football in their background. Uh, they're not going to be watching no soccer. They're not going to be watching no MLS. Like the gringo gringo who watches MLS, that's like that's like small numbers compared to like a Mexican or a pocho watching MLS because you know it's soccer and they 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 heard about América or Chivas or whatever growing up.
1: I was actually watching uh, a documentary on uh, soccer here in the Bay Area and how the earthquakes got established in 1974 and it was a bunch of immigrants you know uh the the guy that owned the earthquakes or started the business was from yugoslavia yeah. and he was just he, was, he couldn't believe that there was no soccer here no football so i mean if you look at that team it was all immigrants you know what i mean and uh that's basically how it started here so it's like Americans weren't the ones to initiate this. It was it was all immigrants who loved the sport because, I mean, at, in 1974, ball was already almost 100 years old in, like, England. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, like, it's such an old sport, and it's such a huge sport in Europe that it's, like, you know, eventually made its way over here. But it's still, to this day, nothing has changed. It's still the immigrants that make... Like generate the numbers for for this sport, and it's evident with the games being on Spanish broadcast. It's it's all the immigrants that are watching this stuff. It's not Americans. Americans aren't watching this. They might there might be like a hand, you know a pocket of them, but it's not the majority. So it's just interesting, you know. That's why you're seeing more Mexican players cross the pond and they're playing here in the MLS, and they still feel like they're at home in a way
0: yeah i remember i mean things have changed like i'll go to a bar like when champions league is on and there will be uh there will be you know like your your typical like it white dude watching it and he'll be like saying oh yeah look at that that's you know that's the epl team or whatever and he'll be like all interested in stuff might have played in high school or whatever um so there is like it's sort of like a change like i wish I need to like talk to some younger kids. But when I was going through high school, the whole thing, like, okay, this this is probably a bad example, but in the place where I grew up in Florida was sort of like a hick town. So our soccer coach was actually the football coach. He knew zero about soccer. There was this guy who happened to be from, uh, I think his, I think he might've been born in England. And so anytime you have a foreign guy, like an English guy or, A German. We had a German uh, foreign exchange student. Anytime you have some type of foreigner come in, they're like the god of soccer. Everyone looks to them. So this, like, coach, this football coach, he was, like, ignored. The other guy, the assistant coach who was from England, he was, like, everyone was looking at him. When this German dude, oh, shoot, dude, this German kid, uh, he's a senior. He came to our high school in, like, the middle of nowhere, Florida, northern Florida. This dude was dominating, man. He scored like he, uh, during Boston, kickoff.
1: Around? <laughs>
0: he was, uh, well, he was like, like super built and everything, also. But he would like kick, like from kickoff, he would like hit, take a shot from like the midfield, like just past midfield, right after, you know, like kickoff, score goals like that, man. This dude was like head and shoulders above everyone. Um, a Spanish foreign exchange student came also. He was like dominating as well. Like, any, <laughs> it's just anything about soccer has got to be foreign. And like, every, the whole rage was like when you were on a traveling team, the whole rage was, oh, when are we going to go to our camp that's in, in, uh, in England or in Spain, you know? Uh, all the kids are like paying three thousand, five thousand dollars to for the to go to like a a camp with a English coach or like an English coach will come to the U.S. and like hey, who's gonna go to this camp and learn from this English guy or from the Spaniard dude or whatever? It's all foreign, man. Like if you have a U.S. coach or whatever, like who's this dude, man? What's he doing? I don't think it's yeah. totally the case now, but it it probably still is. Yeah,
1: dude. It's there's I've I've played football my whole life and it's like every every now and then when you get players from different countries man they're they they just dominate. The feel just like damn <laughs> just how it is man like that's all they grew up playing whereas yeah. here it's like here people maybe played it like at a elementary level but not not in a competitive level. um I didn't want to get too sidetracked, but I did want to bring up something uh, Balotelli posted on Instagram, and he was saying how he wanted to take football back to Africa, like all the African players to play in Africa. Because he's been dealing with a lot of racism, man. Like he He's Italian, and he gets racist chants thrown against him, man. Yeah. he was trying to propose an idea of bringing all the African players to Africa and starting their own league and just, you know, doing that. Pretty was that, crazy. Was
0: that an Instagram uh, video or a picture?
1: Uh, it was it's uh it's a screen. It's like a I think he, he used like his notes app. He just posted it on his IG, but it's in Italian.
0: Uh. Let's see if I can find it
1: uh send
0: it uh i just see a video and
1: at first i thought it was like a parody cuz i saw it on twitter and and it was it was uh, translated and i was like there's no way he said this but he was dead serious about it man and it's for me it baffles me how like racism is so still a huge thing in italy and in in europe and it's like like, towards their own countrymen dude like it's so crazy
0: yeah i see it he says some simple thoughts for you politicians of the world don't you think that if you haven't been putting your hands on africa's riches for centuries there would have never been any immigrant from the continent africa is the most powerful and richest continent on the planet why do people leave It war, sickness, ignorance, no, poverty? And how can Africa be poor if it's the richest country on the planet? Exactly. Everybody knows the answer, but it's just convenient to be quiet and act like nothing is happening, right? In my native country, Italy, they often say it lead to Italians, and it would also be right if African was for Africans. Mm. Oh, there's another one. That was a recent uh Recently, yeah. there's another one that's.
1: Uh... I think FIFA has done a terrible job handling racism, because, uh, I mean, before this, this Corona thing was put on halt, there was games literally being stopped because of the fans being so racist, and it was like every week, man, another another player just picked up the ball and started, you know, breaking down and stuff, and I'm like, yo, like I. Like, FIFA needs to really start, like, either taking points away or banning fans from allowing them to enter the stadium. Like, they really need to put their foot down on this because it's totally unacceptable. And it happens not just in Italy. They've just been, like, the biggest offender. But, I mean, in, in England, you see that. And in Spain, I remember somebody threw a banana at Dani Alves, and he picked it up and ate it. Yeah. I was, it's like, yo, man.
0: There's like, a, it's a lack of diversity, I think, that in some of the, oh, like in Italy, in Spain, where the norm is, has been the norm for a long time. Like he says, like Italy, they often say Italy to Italians. So like the US, the, the diversity is so great that people are used to it. But in places like Italy or even Spain... When you see somebody different, it's like, it's not often where you see somebody different. And so it's more easy for people to, to act that way, to be racist and stuff, because you don't, you don't see, you don't have like peers that are black, that are Asian, that are Mexican, that are Brazilian like you do in the United States.
1: And the comment says, uh, "There's a lot of African countries that get automatic work permits, and that translates to football too. Plus, domestically, most teams like England, France, and Germany call up black people." Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at like France's team, bro. <laughs> yeah, France's team that won the World Cup, bro. Everybody's from from Africa. Most players were it's
0: well there's like an athleticism to it like athleticism is a big part of any sport but if you can if you can get an athlete and teach them technique and ball control from when they're a child then you just like you just like doubled their skill sometimes it's hard man sometimes you have torpes and stuff (laughs) but uh but yeah man like a valotelli like uh Germany has plenty. Has had plenty of. Uh, well, like you, you mentioned it, right? Uh, France, too, man. They just dominate.
1: The talent those oh, players yeah. have. Um, speaking about developing talent. Why? so if there was a video. Oh, it's been twelve years since Gio scored his first goal in Barcelona and kind of started the whole debate. Like, what is it about our youth players, you know, winning World Cups and having such high potential? Why why do we have such trouble developing talent? Um, I said that we that's our peak. Our peak is like being teenagers. <laughs> that's like the best Mexican you'll get is a teenager. But why do you think that is the issue?
0: Oh geez. Maybe I wanna say it's like mentality. It's gotta be mentality because like say for example uh say say for example they um uh the pressure. Like the pressure of a Geo whenever they grow into older uh you know young young your younger kids are able to handle it but whenever they gets to the spotlight and everyone's looking at you and you're so popular then some people look, can't handle it and they just crumble that's where geo geo Antros came from where, he, where he's getting drunk and he's just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and and uh things like that so that's one that's the big aspect i think of it
1: i mean i think there's a lot going about his stuff um I think it's just like the handoff system from the academy to you know, first division debut is is, is definitely not ideal. A lot of these players are just playing for the for the academy, for the under 20 under 23 uh, club. And then when it comes to like making their debut, they they get debuted very quickly. And then they kind of get discarded. You know, that happened at Chicharito. His first goal was in 2006 against Nagaxa. I remember that game, too, because I just remember his name. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Chicharito, what the hell? Scored in his debut. Didn't hear from him ever again until 2000. That's fucking crazy. Four years.
0: Yeah. I don't know man I think like the Me- Okay there's there's a bunch of stuff like the Mexican likes to have fun the Mexican likes you've been around Mexicans well, if there's a party or if there's something going on or there's a reason to laugh or to make fun of somebody that we're all on, we're all about it man and if there's like some fun to be had or whatever then it's going to be done and and concentration is not going to be there like seriousness Is not going to be there. The hunger is not going to be there. Mexico is not like a poor country. There's, you know, a lot of the, the players for the national team or might be like, uh, hijos de papi, a lot of them. Um, Oh yeah. And, and, and that's not the case with like an Argentina or Brazil where you're living in, you're living in poorness, man. You're playing on dirt. You're playing without shoes in Brazil and the favelas and all that stuff. You're playing for your life. And, uh, and, and, and I've said that before, man, the hunger in South America, the hunger for feeding your family, the hunger for being big, pushes you and motivates you and and, and makes you mentally strong to overcome challenges. And know, no, I ain't going and doing that foolishness or partying and doing all that craziness because I'm worried about my career. I'm worried about losing what I got and all this stuff. It's like I like I mentioned. Oh, I think I tweeted that stuff. It's like Rocky Balboa and Rocky III. When he was preparing for Clever Lang with uh, balloons and and uh, and like clowns and like a circus going on <laughs> in the gym and stuff, and Clever Lang was like in his closet or whatever or in his basement, like doing doing sit ups from a pull up bar and all kinds of stuff, and that's the hunger that you know we saw the results like Clever Lang busted him up. And that's what's needed in the soccer player, man. You can't be some pampered little kid who doesn't know have work ethic, who, who wants just to get a Ferrari and and roll around or like a trophies. That's why trophies, man. Trophies could be like the best player in the whole world, but if this dude's like all messing around in the pool and 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 doing all kinds of shenanigans and stuff, and then you know you're not going to be taken seriously. Just well, another
1: it. thing too. Um, sorry to interrupt, but. I just uh, kind of go for soccer. It's like the Mexican player gets paid very well. And I think that's the difference too. And the guy, the uh, he's like the general manager of Leeds United. He's Spanish. And he was uh, being interviewed by Higuera, the, uh, the old VP of Chivas. And... The guy was being straight up. He said that the Mexican player is making thirty percent more than uh, the players in Spain. So, so, like you know, when you're a player in Mexico, you're making more money than you would if you were to go abroad. So we we fall to that that level of comfortness, you know. And that's so uh, like you said that that kind of curbs the the hunger and the desire and the ambition because you're making good, you're making a really good wage. Yeah, you've made it. And people yeah. promote
0: people promote this stuff like all the all the all the Mexicans here in the US speaking English and stuff. They're promoting that stuff when they say, "Oh, MLS to uh Liga MX and MLS, they need to unite and all this stuff and the uh, and all, and they they're promoting mediocrity. And people are like, no, I think it's a I think it's a plus side because fans get to see their players up close and they don't have to travel to Mexico. They get to see them in the U.S. and all this. And everyone else is saying, no, we got to go to Libertadores. We need to push ourselves against the better, against the very best in the Americas and, and all of that. Uh, Luis brings up a... Like, this is something I never thought about. I don't think anyone's ever talked about that salaries need to go down <laughs> for Mexican players. Like you mentioned, man, you can make it. You're, you're a Pizarro. You just made it. You, you're, you're set with as far as money playing for Monterrey. So why not? I mean, you're not, you're not going to, to Europe. You're too expensive to go to Europe. Why not go to, you know, make even more money, go to Miami, go to MLS. But you're settling, man. You're settling for money instead of increasing your talent to, to the highest level.
1: I don't I mean, know how that... I don't know. I don't know if salaries need to go down, but you go to yeah, Europe easier. I, well, the thing about the Mexican league is, it's a it's a competitive. Like people don't like we don't give it enough credit. It, to me, I might be a little bit biased, but it is definitely a top ten league in the world. Some people don't agree with it, but I think it's number ten in the world because of the level the actual reception of attendance. that like the numbers don't lie, man, this is a great league. It's a competitive league. And I would probably say it's one of the top 10 leagues in the world. And the wages are, are, are superior, you know? And, and, uh, I don't blame a, a Mexican player for, for, Hey, you know what? If you can't match my salary, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to stay here. It may, I totally understand. There's oh, very yeah. few players. Like, I mean, look at Chicharro. He had to cut his salary by more than half just to go to Sevilla from from West Ham. United. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: Because at uh, least his salaries need to go down because they're divas. Okay, so say... So say you're making tons of money. Like, say Pizarro's at, at Chivas. He wins, a, he wins a title and stuff. He goes to Monterrey. There gotta be more uh, result oriented in their payment system. Like say he goes to Monterrey, he's their next big signing. What did, what did, uh, in the league, what did, what's his Gallardo? They had Gallardo. They had Pizarro. I don't know who else they got, but, uh, like what did they bring that team? They didn't get no title. They went to uh club world cup. They didn't get no league MX title, so if you don't, if you're not providing results, if you're not proving yourself, man, then then why you why you you know the next time you get your re-up, that's got to be less, man. If you're not if you're not pulling in results,
1: one thing that uh, I got his name. His name is Victor Orta. He's the he's the director of football for Leeds United. And I'll, I'll make sure to, like, link the, uh, the interview because it was good. And uh, he was saying that what clubs in Mexico need to do is instead of selling their players for, like, the, you know, 10, 15, basically getting all the cash up front, sell the player at a lower cost but with, a buy, with, with, uh, with like, a 15, 20% kicker, meaning where they get transferred to another club, they get some of that money back. So... Just like Mm. the way they they do deals needs to be different. And then they'll be able to export more players. And yes, they'll have to wait a little bit longer to get the return on their investment, but it'll be a much larger. Like, imagine if you were to sell uh, the hottest player in in Liga Mekis, which is uh, like Cesar Montes, for example. Uh, If you were to sell him to, let's say, Ajax for. Instead of getting seven million for him up front, you sell him for seven, but then with you no, know, they get 10 percent on any future transfer, and then he goes to Ajax, he kills it, and then Juventus comes in and buys fifty million. You know what I mean? Getting ten yeah. percent of that—that's the way you need to do business. Mm, yeah, sounds interesting. And yeah, and and he was in the Higuera, He was he was saying like man, you're praising the Mexican player, but you're also being, what's the word? Like, you don't have any on your team, so what the hell? And he said, oh, here in the championship, because uh, they're in the championship, Leeds are not in the Premier League, they're in the championship, and it's a dogfight. They have a documentary on uh, Amazon Prime, if, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a really good doc. And uh, he's saying that, like, you can, like, the these directors are under huge, like, you know, pressure. And they can't afford to take a gamble on a Mexican player, like, $10, $15 million. You know, they just can't take that kind of gamble. And that's why he says he doesn't have any, you know, on his team because they're way too expensive. He says he can get a player from, you know, from Spain or from, from, uh, you know, South America for half the price. So... Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of clubs in that position where they would love to, to buy a player like CS, but they're, they don't have. They they don't they can't take that. I lost you. Huh?
0: I lost you. I lost the end of your statement.
1: Oh, I said. They would love to take like a. They would love to like give give a chance to like a Masias, but they they can't afford to to have that kind of gamble, you know, because I mean if you look at if you look at at the at the Mexican player abroad, it's it's brought some inconsistent results. You have had players like Raúl Jiménez, but I mean if you look at Raúl Jiménez's first transfer, he failed at Atleti, he failed at Benfica, and Wolves was gonna be his last resort, man, and he was able to turn around, but. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of clubs would have would have given up on him immediately, you know, and they paid a, uh, atleti paid a lot of money for Raul. You look at players like uh Pablo Barrera, you know, he went to West Ham flop flopped. You look at Efraín Juarez, you look at you know Ulises Davila. I mean, you look at a lot of players, young players that showed amazing talent, go to Europe and they have a comp- completely different experience. They can't adjust the culture, the food, the, the weather, the language barrier. Like, they just... They shit their pants, man. And, and that's why the Mexican player has failed to prove its worth. We do have players that go out there and kill it, but we've also had a lot of flop. That's why, you know, it's, it's, it's a risky gamble. And...
0: Yeah, you gotta be... Yeah, you got to be mentally tough. You got to have some intelligence. I'm reminded of uh uh Pavel Pardo and like that dude is smart. He learned up I think he learned the language like really good. Even Massa Massa was over there, you know, doing well and stuff. So you got to have like uh you got to have some intelligence, some mental toughness to go over there and just and just take on the challenge, man. It's not going to be comfort, comfortable and all easy and you're going to have to work and that's the whole point of going there—is to work and push yourself to be to be better, not to just cruise along and, and semi-dominate Liga MX teams and, and and be the high-paid player and get in the spotlight and be on the Mexican press on Football Picante every night—all this stuff. <laughs> the
1: thing you have to realize is uh, like if you look at the successful players. That killed it in Europe, you know like like you like Pavel Pardo, Osorio sal they were they were mature players, they weren't teenagers, you know what I mean they had already yeah. established themselves as a club player, and that's one of the things that like a lot of these people, a lot of the fans don't understand, man it's like hey, there's nothing wrong with these players that are their jams or jewels to just establish themselves in their club first, like Macías. I mean, his his season at León was amazing, but that was like his first legit season as a professional player, as a starter every single week. Like before that, he wasn't getting consistent minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you look at uh, like Lainez, he established himself at America. And some even say that he could have stayed there even longer before getting exported to Betis, you know, because he's struggling right over there. A lot of these players don't even have 50 games under their under their belt yet and we're already trying to export them to Europe and it's like we don't need to do that. They can have a career in Mexico and there's nothing wrong with going uh, in your early 20s instead of, you know, trying to go as a, as a teenager.
0: Yeah, I think even Carlos Vela in one of his interviews admitted to it. Admitted like I think they they asked him, it might have been the Benny Fellhaber one. When they asked him what was your biggest regret or whatever, and he said he wasn't serious as a youth going to Arsenal. He wasn't serious about the game, about his, about playing, Um, and and that was like that held him back a little bit. So yeah, there's like a maturity level that you need to have as a as a young kid going to to these clubs, and it's you know it's it's a career. Like, how how are you expected to be like? Well, maybe back in the day, man, you ain't going to high school. You ain't going to middle school anymore. You're getting out on the farm and you're getting a job and you're working for the family. (laughs) And that's what they're, that's what these kids are pretty much doing, man. They're going to work. They're not going to school anymore to prepa or whatever. They're going to, to some club far away from their home and they're going to work nine to five, you know, (laughs) playing soccer. And, uh, you know, some of these young kids don't have that mentality. It's hard.
1: the what the what the Mech club to the start they need to they need to they need to calm themselves they need to they need to stop over evaluating their players because they're they're making it to the point where no other teams can afford them outside of Mexico like no other team is willing to pay that much for for a player and that's why you saw like Pizarro you know pizarro left pachuca to chivas for like 17 million and the only other team that was willing to buy him for that much was monterrey and we still don't know how much uh miami bought him for but it was definitely not 18 million it was probably less
0: yeah it's like it's like for in mexico if you move like in pizarro's case if you're moving from pachuca you can't be taking some, if you're a promising guy, you can't be taking some huge salary. You got to be measured and say, okay, I want to take a huge salary when I go to to Europe and stuff. And a lot of things, like I was going to say earlier, not any ordinary dude should be going to Europe. I mean, maybe you can try, but don't expect like great things. Like say Pizarro, or let's maybe not Pizarro, but yeah, I guess we could say Pizarro. I mean, he's a top he's a top dude, right? But expecting him to all of a sudden dominate in Europe might not actually happen. More like uh, Efrain Juarez or Pablo Barrera, like you mentioned. Those dudes yeah. definitely weren't going to... Or even Jared Borghetti. I didn't see those dudes like dominate. Or Kikin Fonseca. Those dudes weren't going to dominate. Jesus, man. Kikin Fonseca. <laughs> those dudes easily weren't going to be you know you could easily predict okay they might do good you know they might have some good you know some good luck and do great or surprise us all but they're not going to do jack like if you have a top top player like Raul Jimenez or Chicharito Chucky those guys are going to be the ones okay yes they're they're the top dudes send them not no mid mid mid-tier type talent which you know like a like a Pulido or Pizarro that you know they're going to be iffy so, you know, it might be a good idea not to even go because you're, you're not going <laughs> to, it's not going to pan out. You're going to just, you're going to be like the United States players. Oh, the United States has all these players in Europe. Yeah, they're in like second division or they're not starting for their clubs. It's just like a norm every day in the park for the United States players, man. But Mexicans, yeah. Mexicans want their players to go there to actually do something.
1: Yeah, it's actually not just participate, but to be the man. And very few players, in my opinion, have been able to earn that kind of respect. Hugo Sanchez, Rafa Marquez, Javier Hernandez. I, I think Hector Herrera was a captain of Porto before he left to Atleti. These players became essential to the club. They, they, went, they went from participating to being the player that is relied on. And I think a lot of a lot of like, there's very few players that have been able to do that. Andres I is another player that comes to mind. Like he's, he he carried PSV when he was there. He 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 he's one of the undisputed starters of Real Betis. And that's the thing, man. It's like I'm tired of seeing our players just rot on the bench, man. It's just so frustrating. It's like. Yeah, I don't something. know why that it's like a, it's like, it's a constant thing, man. It's like, why, why is Chucky Lozano running on the bench? You know, it's like unacceptable, man.
0: Sometimes what it's, a waste. yeah, sometimes it's luck. Like, uh, like with Memo Ochoa, sometimes it's, yeah, passports, Luis says passports. Um, but a lot of times like it's, it always comes back to mentality. Uh, Luis mentions like Chicharito. And I said, like, a, not no ordinary, like, not so mid-tier t- uh, type of player. Chicharito could be, like, he says it's the, he's the definition of ordinary. Uh, yeah. I can get that. He was, like, a, you know, the top goal scorer tied with Hurt Gomez. Um, he was a poacher, like uh, Luis says. Um, but what Chicharito had, and we saw it with the national team, is that dude would put in all his effort in playing he would run he would do all he could he had the mentality to go to manchester to go to real madrid to go to europe and do everything that he did like you know score goals off of his face it wasn't because of you know all all of a sudden accident it was because of his hustle and his effort to where oh he was in the right spot and you know good accidents were able to happen where he'd kick the ball off his face for a goal so it's the mentality mentality, and then the work effort that gave, you know, an ordinary player in Chicharito to become what he was. And I don't have no problem calling him a legend. Uh, You know, he he said that when he came back. I just wonder, like, when did this co- this life coach come into his life and, like, sort of turn in – maybe he was always – he's probably always been that way, like, really super high and mighty and offended and, and like, getting into battles with everyone on –
1: did oh, no. I did I mean I followed this guy's career, from Chivas, and I did notice a shift when he joined Madrid. It got to his head, man, and I don't blame him. He was at the biggest club in the world. He was with the best players in the world. You know, he was but buddies with Cristiano Ronaldo. He even took Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, girl, well, kind of. Mm-hmm. So like he, it definitely got to his head, and he started to be more of a diva when he got there, uh, on and off the field. He was complaining of when to the referees. Anytime he would get fouled, that's where like the La Diva came out of him, and then it got solidified when he went to Leverkusen and became the man. And ever since then, you know, it's been been <laughs> he he changed. You know, his 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 interviews changed. He went from being this this kid that was all about the team and all about I don't care about you know individual records. I just want the team to win. I just want the team to win. I just want the team to get three points. It was always about like the team, and then. He His interviews started to be a little bit more. He started to be a little bit more cocky, a little bit more egotistic, and he started to yeah. just turn them into therapy sessions. He would start venting, start listening to his haters. But, uh. Yeah, he gets yeah. too,
0: he gets too, uh, he gets too emotional, too upset. And, uh, yeah. It's good to have, like, I think it's good to have an ego. Like, all great players have to have an ego, and even sort of like not. Okay, look, look at MJ. Yeah. Yeah. Like not look at their, at their, uh, at their negative aspects. Like I think of, okay. Yeah. MJ is a good example. Like you saw the, you saw the documentary when they talked about Scottie Pippen, when MJ was gone, Scottie Pippen was like the man, right? You, you, you are the man you, you have that ego. And then all of a sudden when the final, you know, the last minute shot goes to some other dude, Tony Kukoc, instead of Scottie Pippen, what are you going to do? You have your ego, man. You gotta be, and that's like the sort of the sign of a winner, it's sort of like it, it could be look as like a, you know, a bum move to like not go into the game like Scottie Pippen did. And, you know, they still won the game and stuff. Like Tony Kukoc hit the shot. But uh, that's sort of like a mentality that you got to have. But you can't be like coming to back to like L.A. When I saw Chicharito in uh, in Houston, like anything that went wrong, he was complaining to his players. He was yelling at his players. He was frustrated. And and that's just like a, you know, like a whiny, that's the, the whiny diva that comes out. You got to be like, just like, keep your emotions in
1: check. I mean, think about it. You go to the MLS and everybody hates your move. And then you have no excuse anymore. You went from competing for a starting spot to getting that guaranteed starting spot every weekend. And you're in a league that should be easier to score goals. That's your job is to score goals. You're not a defender. You're not a goalie your job is to score goals and you don't get a goal on your debut. It's gonna, you know, (laughs) it's like that pressure. is. Yeah. And the best thing that probably could have happened to him, this COVID thing could, who knows how long his dry spell could have (laughs) been.
0: Yeah, that's actually true. And you can't be like coming in thinking, uh, Luis sort of, sort of mentions it. You can't be coming in thinking you're the main dude. Like, say if he went to Chivas, and he didn't do too well, you imagine imagine Chicharito getting benched. Like Chivas is stacked. Like, say they got all their other players that didn't come through. Ch- uh, Ch- was, a stacked Chivas with Chicharito, and Chicharito doesn't do anything at certain games. Like for a few games, you know bench that dude, man. Imagine Chicharito getting benched. Would he accept that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was there was no guarantee he was going to come in and start. Yeah. Even if he was, because I mean, we have do our our team was stacked, man. With my I mean, it literally like we had to get rid of Pulido because we didn't have room for him because of my CS. So let alone a player like Javier, you know, despite his 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 resume, there was no guarantee for him to get to get that starting position. So
0: That reminds yeah. me. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, you mentioned Pulido, dude. I was watching and this this is some, yeah, how we not talked about this. This is some serious bullying, dude. Him and Pizarro ganging up on Carlos Santos, dude. That is some I mean so, Carlos Carlos Santos brings it on a little bit. He that dude goes off on people and he has a thing for Pulido. But those two were like ragging on that dude, man. Almost to like I, I don't know, I don't remember the exact phrases. It was almost to like a racist dude. It was almost racist against that man. dude.
1: So the story is Alan Pulido posted a selfie of him wearing a very expensive uh, mask. It was like Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton and, mask. <laughs> and Pizar- Pizarro also posted a photo of like the same mask. And of course, all the old heads. <laughs> the are boomers. Now, now, all these all these old ex players that are on you know the the ESPN. Uh, and the Fox of the world, all the, all the sports outlets, they started talking shit. <laughs> uh, and, uh, they got, bu- <laughs> they got bullied, bro. <laughs> bro, they were going in on him. Like, Oh, look at this guy. He's looking for work. Maybe you should have him mow your lawn or something.
0: Yeah. That was some messed up stuff. The poor guy. He's always getting in
1: in twitter wars man it's the thing man like i'm on i'm on the i'm on their side bro because you see it all the time you see all these old heads (laughs) coming in just (laughs) oh you know you guys don't have the mentality that we did in in our days you know and you know they're always picking shit talk shit about but you're literally like they, they are literally your paycheck because what else are you going to talk about, man? Like you guys have to go on these TV shows and, and, and review all the matches that happen every, every single weekend. And your job is to like criticize these players, but they're literally your, your paycheck. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I'm on Pulido and Pizarro's side is like, Hey man, you guys are, are retired. You know, you, you guys aren't in the game anymore. This is how the game is now. So if you're looking for work, I got a front lawn that's getting long, man. You can just... <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I'm all I'm all for it, man. I think they I think they do have uh, they do have a point. They both have points. I think Pulido and Pizarro have a point, but also the old dude has a point. And any old dude on any picante show or whatever has every right to rail into these dudes, and they need to be able to handle it. If they can if they can go to war on Twitter with these guys and be mentally okay and not be rustled and stuff, and, you know, not, you know, s- not be able to sleep at night because they're fuming and stewing over, you know, a, you know, a, a jerk store comeback that they want to get on to Carlos Santos, then that's a problem. But if they have fun and, you know, they're like a lot, of, like Joe Rogan, you hear a lot, he says, don't read the replies on Twitter. If they want to read the replies and Chicharito is known to read replies, if you can do that and you can stay mentally fit and mentally okay, and even go back and forth with trolls and stuff like like Carlos Santos and stuff, then that's fun, man. It's entertainment for all of us fans and stuff. And but as long as it doesn't affect their their play on the field and and things like that, their mentality and stuff, which it doesn't really matter. They're in both in MLS, so Santos does have the MLS. Santos does have points on several things, like he says, but. <laughs> He had like a he put a meme about that thing, right? Oh yeah, it was a du- like uh, it was a dude's like underwear, right? The Louis Vuitton mask. Oh. He turned it into a dude's underwear or something like a wrestler. Oh, he? Yeah, he turned it. He put it on a wrestler's like uh, wrestling shorts, like a WWF wrestler or whatever. <laughs> that was funny.
1: <laughs> Twitter, man, it's a young man's game. I mean, social media is a young man's game. So you you got to be careful. You know if you're going if you're going to go guns blazing you better better uh be able to handle the recoil.
0: Yeah. And he's got his fan base. I mean, he's got his like little uh uh pulido haters that support him and stuff. Probably make him feel better when he gets flamed and stuff, but
1: I might be a minority in this, but I respect the athletes that do all their talking on the field like if you think about cristiano ronaldo and messi Mm -hmm. you don't see these guys on twitter on instagram going back and forth with their haters these guys are too busy working out and training and trying to be the best player in the world man it's just like they do all their talking on the field and like that's the way it should be man honestly i have a lot of a lot of these athletes that they spend way too much time on their phones, man. And it's like, you literally have one job, you know. You should you should try to like aspire to be, like you 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 have such a crazy gift, man. It's like, yeah. Instead, you're gonna take a video of yourself playing basketball in your in your backyard on a six foot hoop, and then <laughs> t- tag tagging the NBA like I'm ready for the NBA, bro, Bella. Put the phone down, man. Oh, what is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> that was hilarious, and he
0: knew he was gonna get flack. He knew he was gonna get some flack, but he, I don't. I guess he didn't care. Man, you sounded like a boomer it's, though. You are sounding like an old, an old. I'm whatever. just
1: saying, bro. Like you can't post a video of yourself dunking on a Fisher Price basketball hoop.
0: <laughs> Fisher Price.
1: And then have the have the balls to tag the NBA and be like, "Yeah, bro, I'm ready for the draft, baby. Let's go." And,
0: and the thing about it, he didn't even break the he didn't break the backboard on that Fisher Price rim, man.
1: <laughs> he didn't even dunk. I think it was a layup or something, bro. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Oh jeez, I swear, Vela and the MLS are like peanut butter and jelly. They they belong to each other. They are the perfect it's like the perfect relationship bro it's like he's good enough where he, he he's the best player in the league he's not even really trying and he he gets all the perks of of having access to the courtside lakers and you know what i mean it's like this is like the dream setup for him for him he's probably gonna tire there to be honest
0: yeah see that's that's another example man and i i don't get upset but like i see a lot of hate for for Cristiano Ronaldo for like I guess allegations and past history and stuff like that whatever but that dude like you said man I follow that dude just to see him work out and just to see him show show his results unlike a Jurgen Dam type result that dude man shows his shows the results man he'll take off that shirt he'll show the results on his Instagram or whatever and you have all these wannabes like Pulido like Pulling up his shorts trying to show his leg and stuff Cristiano Ronaldo is like the epitome of all that he's like the the godfather and just the the work effort and and Messi's there also man they just sit back quietly and train their hardest every day so that they can perform on the field and then they go out and perform on the field whereas other dudes you know try to pose the same type of image on Instagram and on their, their IG stories and all this stuff just for like the clout and for the likes and all this stuff. And, uh, and other people, you know, don't have to do all that, all their fame and glory comes from doing stuff on the court, on the pitch, like, uh, you know, on the biggest teams in Europe. So.
1: I just think that a lot of these players need to have social media managers They really do. They need to have someone that handles all that for them and says, Hey man, this is the image that we have in, in, uh, for you in mind. And we need to keep and adhere to this image of yourself because the more you talk, the less you're getting respected. Javier Hernandez, if you're out there, the more he talks, man, the less I respect him. And it used to be the opposite. He used to be, he would talk on the field and he would score with his goals and, and that's where he did most of his talking but nowadays he's 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 doing the opposite and uh more players need to have these these managers that are looking out for them cuz it's definitely needed uh it's just they need and, a, yeah
0: they need to they need a boomer man they need a they need their, a boomer dad like Chicharo Grande and Giovanni the the Dos Santos dad to go and smack themselves, up, smack their kids upside the head, and say, "Man, quit acting like a fool," and uh, and get to get to work and quit playing on that phone. Like, go and throw it's, get their phone and it, yeah. throw it on the floor and crack it, and say, "Get on the court, get on the the pitch, and start working hard instead of messing around on that Instagram."
1: I I watched <laughs> that episode of Naked Humans where he uh, had you know announced his thing to the MLS, and he was having dinner with his sister, and his parents. Yeah. And and the, his parents just looked so disappointed. <laughs>
0: they well, were they,
1: like, "Yeah, you, you talked a lot, man." It's like
0: I, I didn't really get that. I mean, I I didn't pay attention, I guess. But when it on the other time, whenever he called from uh, where is he? That's Spain, right?
1: Oh, well, whenever whenever,
0: whenever yeah, whenever he called crying to his dad, it was like they were yet like he was a yes man. I guess you have to be when you're comforting your son and stuff but they were acting like you know, like a yes man like like you know and i mean you're not going to be busting you're not going to be humiliating your son and making him feel bad in that type of situation but
1: um off the camera he got actual advice <laughs> i don't
0: think they would though i don't think they want to like like he's not his kid at home anymore he's like a grown man so you're not going to necessarily say, well, son, I don't think you should do that. You shouldn't have that. Like there's a certain, and and plus he's a superstar. Like Chicharito's a super. Like imagine having a son that's a superstar. Oh, I can't, I can't say that, uh, like that was a different, different I meme, mean, you, a different they, meme I saw. But <laughs> yeah, like imagine you have your, your son this big and your son's yeah. going to slap you upside the head. Not, not you or not, not the other way around.
1: <laughs> yeah. You could say out of the three generations, he's been successful. Uh, yeah, it's tough and it's- he he recently lost his grandfather and he he went on ig live like the next day and you could tell it like really really upset him and yeah i think he's been quiet ever since he hasn't really said much i think he played a uh uh e a e game i think he's he played galaxy fifa but we really haven't heard much from him since um if you are gonna do like your whole social media thing do it like Jurgen Dam, because I swear, bro, I was not a fan of, of Jurgen Dam until I started to see his TikTok. And he <laughs> is such a good sport. He is making fun of himself. And he's he's posting these videos of, like, he doesn't know how to cross the ball. And uh, I'm like, wow, man, like, good for him. He actually is self-aware. He knows that he sucks. And he's just making fun. He's making fun of himself. And it was, dude, like he has like a few TikToks, and they're all like really. Bro. I'm like, wow, this guy, this guy gets it. Yeah, he's like, he's like
0: the, he's like the class clown. He, he even before that, man, when he, like, I doubt he, I doubt he did that seriously, man. When he did the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration and took off his his shirt, I think he knew, he knew, he knew he was gonna catch flack for that, man. But he did that stuff anyway, and uh, and that's just like the clown in him, dude. It's just, it's just like the party type of guy that, that he was, that he is.
1: That's the way you got to approach it. It's like if you can make fun of yourself first, then nobody else can. You know what I mean? Because then yeah. it's not funny. Yeah. And I think like uh, uh, players like Chicharo who do the opposite. You know, they respond to haters. It's like, yo, man, if you would have just like, you would have just made fun of yourself, like for crying about going to the MLS, everybody would have just been like, ah, ha ha ha. Like, that's funny. And then they would have probably like supported him. Instead, he kept like digging himself in a bigger hole. Well, I didn't see, I didn't mean to say I was going to retire. It's the beginning of my retirement. And then it's like, bro, just you're making it worse, bro. Just, <laughs> just admit it, make fun of it and move on.
0: Yeah. It's that Dreyfus. That, that's the Dreyfus influence right there. Is not not letting not letting down. Like I I'd want to just. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to pay, but I would. I would like to pay just to see what that dude says on one of his seminars, man. Just to see, just to see, and like
1: this guy does one TED talk and all of a sudden he's the guru.
0: Yeah, man. I wonder how much it costs to to go. Like, who even does that stuff, man? Who goes to see like some type of. Life seminar
1: I don't know, man. Yeah, it's pretty easy to get sucked into those, you know, you read a book from from that person and then you Oh, they're gonna have a cinema, you know? And then you're like, Alright, cool, I'm down. <laughs> it's like you kinda got bought into like their their uh their mindset and what they're trying to say to you because you read a book about them or an article. And then they happen to be in town. So then you, you know, you cough out money. (sighs)
0: Shoot, man. I'd rather go watch Franco Escamilla.
1: (laughs) Oh, dude, that guy is so funny. (laughs) And I hate that. Like, I just discovered him. But holy crap, man. That guy's funny as hell.
0: You see, he was, I was telling Ron, he was interviewed by Jose Ramon. Like, the other day. Really? Yeah. They were talking about some stuff. They, he, he was saying he's a Naco, like Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Like he thinks he and Cuauhtémoc would get along and have a good old time because, you know, like they're, like they cuss and they, they're, uh, they're he, he calls himself Naco, a Naco. <laughs> they're crude. Cuauhtémoc well, like...
1: is the definition of not giving a fuck, dude. That guy, Yeah. when Mexico went to South Africa and they were in quarantine for like 40, 50 days, he was in his hotel room smoking a cigarette like no fucks given dude <laughs> no fucks given
0: that's why that dude's like one of my favorite just the way he would like uh against the u.s against kobe jones or whatever player he would just like get into people's face bow up into their face like like do a two for flinching type of like fake jab at him the sal caetano game all that stuff man it's just, just
1: oh, oh, the, um, the
0: honduras game and the copa honduras America. game Copa when he uh, elbowed that player? Yeah, he elbowed that player. That player was sort of like... He was legit also, man, because he was like kissing in his ear and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. They don't make players like that anymore, man.
0: Yeah, man. People people fold nowadays.
1: These... All these Zoomers up in their feelings. <laughs> uh, Before we go, there is... <laughs> I don't know why I keep talking about Gio, but they were saying, "Oh, is Gio uh, a top fifty national team player of all time?"
0: uh yes. That's that's an that's an embarrassment right there. To even to even like who even talks about top fifty players? Like everyone argues about the greatest of all time, the greatest. That's the top one player. Like why are we yeah. talking about number 50? 50. <laughs> or forty nine or forty? Like
1: what? Yeah. As if we have 100 Pele's and Maradona's in the history of the Mexican national team, you know what I mean? As yeah. if we had that many players to, like, s- cipher through. I could understand if you're a country like Dina or Brazil where you've had, sh- gener- like, generations of-, of great players. But in Mexico? Shit, man.
0: Yeah, and like, oh, you broke through the 50 mark? Man, you are... Like this Not is, saying much. This is a discussion worthy. Like we gotta discuss a discuss this this topic,
1: man. I, Top I think the problem the problem is this. Everyone is starting to find out things to talk about, especially the sports outlet. You know, all these all these people on Twitter, all like they're all running out of shit to talk about because there's no uh, there's no sports going on. So now they're every day there's these stupid pools, man. I'm just like, you know what? Just just upload some TikTok videos and call it a day, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're bored. Everyone's bored.
1: Even I, through... I, will, I will say Gio should get more credit than he deserves, you know. He did have... When it came to La Selección, he did step up, and he's done more for this country than Carlos Vela has. But yeah. he's not one of those players that will go down in history. Well, you know, he's not even. From in my personal list, he's maybe in the in the twenty twenty fifth position, but he's definitely top ten or fifteen. No.
0: Yeah, like all the all the big games would be World Cups, and uh, Gio performed his best feat in a Gold Cup, even though it was an awesome goal and it was against the you know, the top rival in the United States uh, in a clutch moment that just, and it made Howard so mad. That goal is like one of the greats. It's got, I mean, it's got to be one of the greats, but, it's, but it's a gold cup. Yeah, that goal, it's gold cup. <laughs> it's gold cup though. You got to put it, it in it's perspective. It's gold cup. Yeah. Do similar stuff in a world cup, like the Chucky goal. Now that, uh, I gotta say that beats out Geo's. Like that's in a bigger moment against a huge team. Uh that's got that's gotta beat out the Geo goal, even though it wasn't as spectacular. The Chuki goal against Germany was you know, that's that's a big
1: goal. It's 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 iconic. It's one of the the most upsetting probably the most upsetting game in in that in that World Cup. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Gio scored against Holland in the round of 16, and it wasn't his fault that Bioho yeah, took him true. out. But, um, yeah, that Chuki goal is, there's very, there's a few, few goals in, in just since I was a kid that I remember. Um, that was definitely a special goal. The the goal that Borghetti scored against Italy for me will always be my favorite goal that I saw live oh, in yeah. the World Cup, at least.
0: And and you can always like the Chucky, the thing with the chuki goal. You can always say uh, if if it's you know really true that that wasn't a top German team. <laughs> like I don't like they were, they weren't at their best at that World Cup. Sort of like they were the French champions. Yeah, sort of like the France the France team that uh, oh, Chicharito scored. Yeah. Scored on and Mexico beat that 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 team was sort of in ruin a little bit, um, but yeah, that that was a you know that was a huge opportunity at the at the time for like Chicharito to score and Mexico to to win that game, um, and then of course they were eliminated, so it sort of you know downplays it a little bit the same way that Germany was eliminated, uh, but
1: uh, it's just I don't know what it is about the group stage. But Mexico never has this problem getting out, and uh, we fall into the same traps after that. You know, the knockout stage is always—it's always been our kryptonite, whoever... and it will continue to be our kryptonite until we have enough players that are consistently playing against these these uh, these elite players, man.
0: Yeah, whoever scores, whoever scores like a game winner in the knockout stages for Mexico to to continue on that, that dude is going to be the true (laughs) Mexican legend.
1: And we'll see what happens, you know, because with this COVID thing, suspending football, uh, world cup qualifiers are supposed to start, you know, and we don't know if the world cup itself is going to get pushed. Well, Mm. the only thing that Qatar has going for it is the fact that, they were planning on doing it in this in the winter time anyways but um there's it's gonna be interesting
0: yeah we'll have to see we'll have to hope things work out with this whole corona all right man got any last uh comments or
1: things to discuss well, um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about next week because in Mexico, there there never fails to be drama and chisme. But I, I will, again, thank our listeners for listening to our podcast during these quarantine times. And I'm also going to plug another podcast called Plam Chowder. It's uh, P, not Clam Chowder, Plam Chowder <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's up and running uh it's two seasons and it's something that i i created with my with my good friends uh five years ago and we finally were able to get it up and running uh so yeah check it out if you guys just want to listen to some crazy stories
0: (laughs) is is this just general talk or uh yeah
1: me and me and my best friend we swapped stories uh anywhere from illegal activity to just you know times we got laid and it's just it's all over the place (laughs) and it's pretty entertaining stuff and it's actually pretty awesome to like listen back you know five years ago when we started this thing and and listen to the guests and the stories that we've had and it's just like holy crap man
0: (laughs) all right good plug all right thanks uh, luis luis has been a active member of our chat so thanks to him and uh thanks to all the listeners out there thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next week uh on the cantina mx podcast have a good evening